Hi, it's Dan. Uh, just a little warning going in. Uh, for some reason, my local recording, my audio just really blew out. So I had to use a Discord recording, which means the audio kind of... I think the word is peaking. It peaks out, like my voice cuts out. You'll have to bear with that for a bit. Uh, my humblest apologies. For what it's worth, after a certain point, I don't talk as much, so you won't hear it af as much a after a bit. Alright, bye. Here it is, welcome to Disney Minus, where for some godforsaken reason we decided to watch every Disney movie ever made. Uh, I'm Kat, uh, this week my pick was Pirates of the Caribbean, and did you all know it's bad luck to have women on podcasts? Even miniature ones? Uh, I'm Dan, and uh, I didn't cut... You like apples? I'm Steven, and you best start believing in podcasts, because tonight we're recording one. <laughs> I'm Sean, and uh, <laughs> bloody pirates. <laughs> tonight we have a special guest. Um, well, you already said your name, Sean. <laughs> Hello. Okay, so it's been... Like a week since we were supposed to record, I think. I don't know. We're yeah, our schedule's yeah. a little, a little Te off. Technically six days. But today we're doing. Me. There we go. But today we're doing the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. Honestly, I was <laughs> dreading this one a little because I fucking hate Johnny Depp. Oh, uh, he's on. a wife beater. Uh, but you know, this one was pretty all right. It. It won me over by the end. I like the Pirates movies. Yeah. As a big fan of adventure movies, it kind of falls for me in a similar category of like 99's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. It's yeah. swashbuckling yeah. fun. It doesn't have, you know, maybe a, a deep lore like um, like a Lord of the Rings or something like that. But it oh, wasn't it for that. It was for, oh yeah, they all try, but... I always felt like these were the, the perfect Friday night popcorn flick. You show up, you watch some stuff explode, you enjoy yourself, and you have a few lines to quote when you're done. I can't complain too much about that, you know? I guess. I would it's say my... service for both sides, too. Besides what I've already said, I just feel it's too long a movie. I, I think I deal... Very few movies, I feel, should be longer than... Let's say ninety minutes, an hour forty-five. If we're being generous, 
My top two favorite movies are both about three hours, but aside from that, I'm 100% on your side. Yeah. Same here. Even as someone who loves this movie, it's about 45 minutes to an hour, way too friggin' long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm in the movie theater, it's fine. I can sit and watch them, but like, if I'm, like, even for rewatching it for this episode, I love these movies. And so I was like, every few minutes, I was getting up, having to roam around, having to pause and go do something else. I was like, fidgety. And I love this movie. The first two times I tried to watch it, I fell asleep. Oh, thanks, Steven. <laughs> it took me three separate sittings to finish watching this movie. This dude who thought My Favorite Martian was a good movie. God. Oh, no. I was a child the first when, back when I thought it was good. That is my excuse. And made us watch Million Dollar Duck. And discuss Million Dollar Duck. Okay, but... I like, did not know what to expect on that one, to be fair. <laughs> Okay. Stephen kind yeah, of went in shot in the dark. With it's like going into he... the ugliest dachshund. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Oh, um, before we get started, though, fun fact about uh, this movie is I have actually been on the Black Pearl. Huh. Okay. Is it like an attraction at one of the parks, or is it like... As in, no, as in the ship that they used for the Black Pearl. Oh, that's neat. In, uh, no, in high school, my family and I went on a Caribbean cruise, like where we did like the different island each day thing. And in St. Lucia, one of the little day trip things that we got to do as an activity was we got to do a little treasure hunt on this small island that was nearby. And the ship that we took to actually get over to that island was the ship that they used for the Black Pearl. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. I love it. That means it wasn't even the main attraction for it. It was the ship to get there. I mean that's like that's where they set up but like that's where they set up everything. That's where the whole setup for the uh for the treasure hunt was, but that was also where my little sister, who at the time was considerably younger, found out that, you know, if you're not, you know, a stereotypical American douchebag tourist, the locals will take a liking to you and they'll give you hints so that you win. Uh we've gotta say, uh it's interesting to learn that they like come in and he's giggling. <laughs> is that Grayson? hi Grayson <laughs> yeah do you guys want to say hi hey Grayson <laughs> hang on <laughs> alright there you go bud say hi 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 Grayson hi Grayson hello small human whom I do not know <laughs> alright buddy go back out to the living room okay <laughs> He's a cheerful right. child. Sounded yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, Hang so... on, I will I will be right back two seconds, sorry. Okay. Right, right. Uh so uh I gotta say I was I didn't know that like old timey ships is like an attraction were a thing that existed. That's neat to know. It was it was a pretty cool um, ship. I live on the East Coast in Wilmington, North Carolina. And our port here uh, actually does house no, none of the ships from the Pirates movies that I'm aware of have come through. But we do get uh, triple-masted you know, 18th century sailing ships come through, and you can generally get on board and tour them. It's a pretty freaking neat thing. How many have you been on? Uh, like two, I think. Nice. The closest I've ever experienced to that is like, Around here, they used to have, like, the submarine that was, like, used in the Hunt for Red October. But, Ooh. but like, cool. like, some years back, there was, like, a storm in it. 
it sank, so sadly that's no longer an option. Otherwise, no, I would totally go again. Where are you again, Dan? I'm in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if they've got any um, permanently moored battleships up that way, because I know we have one in Wilmington, and Charleston, South Carolina has a aircraft carrier that's permanently moored in their harbor, so you can tour it pretty much all the time. Uh, I don't really know, but I could see something like that being in Newport or Cape Cod. Uh, I could definitely see that. Although I don't know how far that is from Providence. I'm not familiar with the Northeast, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, it's all pretty close together. Uh, well, Cape Cod's a little further, but Newport is like a 30-minute drive from Providence. It is, in fact, the smallest state. Uh, that is pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm barely in the next town in 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think where I live, it kind of depends on what direction I'm going. Because one way, it felt like it takes about, like... Actually, I take that back. It takes me about an hour to get to where Kat is, and I forget that there are cities in between us. How does it take you an hour to get to where I am? Well, it's been forever since I drove out to Conway, so I'm estimating probably, like, 45 minutes, depending on traffic. I'll say, if See, it's from Little Rock, I know, like, was... from my... Like, I know at least from my place to the office building in Little Rock is, like, almost 30 minutes on the dot if I don't hit traffic. Yeah. Of course, then again, I've lived here for, like, three years, and it's like, I know three cities. I know Greenbrier, I know Conway, and I know Little Rock as far as the office, and that's about it. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Everyone's like, oh, you're from Arkansas, but what all can you recommend, or have you been to Blah Blah City? I'm like... No, no. <laughs> I have not. I can definitely it, tell it you that is a place no. that exists. We we've got Magic Springs, and I know of the Crescent Hotel. Those are the two things I can give you. All right. Uh, well, why don't we get into this movie if if we have? Uh, yes, let's dive in. Yeah, I will note that after a certain point, I stopped taking notes. Mostly because during my second sitting, I was worried I about like finishing it in time to record, but that never happened. Uh, so I'll just have to go with what I have written down, and I will be like looking at uh, the movie on Disney Minus, just popping out through the stream, just to like get a good idea of what happened next. Right. And no, then yeah, also, you're good. Um... I think I took fewer notes on this one than anything else so far. Yeah. And then also, uh, Sean, the wages is, like, Dan and Steve, uh, Steven kind of do, like, the rundown of the movie. But also, anytime, like, with trivia or observations or anything, we just kind of pop in. Yeah. Okay. That's, I, mean, I mean, that's any of us can pop in at any time, but. I, I don't mean to steal your shtick there, Kat, but I do have a trivia question. All right. Yeah, go ahead. In the opening scene, when we're watching the ocean with Elizabeth. What is the first there thing she sees in the water? Trick question. Water. <laughs> what was the question in the water again? What is the first object she sees in the ocean? Ah, uh, it's okay. Genuinely trying to remember now. I think it's an umbrella, right? Any other answers? Was it like a doll or something? No. 
Yeah, I got no, no idea. No, I'm being a jerk. It's totally an umbrella. It's a blue nah. parasol. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is in my notes. Um, so yeah, we open with uh, this this boat sailing through a, a foggy day. A little kid is very eerily singing uh, one of those pirate songs. Uh, yo ho, yo ho, a pirate life for me. Yeah, yeah except one. she's doing it in like a horror movie little kid voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird, but it, she's doing the freaking Nightmare on Elm Street cover. It's very weird considering who, the, who we learn the character is. Uh, <laughs> I know. But a man stops her and he tells her that. That uh, singing about pirates is bad luck in the fog. Or singing about pirates in the fog is bad luck. Uh, uh, let's see. There's like three people here. There's sort of this older dude. There's a younger man who's like the captain of the ship. And I think her dad is here too. Yeah, her dad's here. Uh, Norrington is here, like you said. Gibbs is here. He's the guy that stopped her. And every time I think about this series, I always forget that Gibbs at some point in the universe's history was a respectable member of society. Uh, I'm so easy to forget. I'm surprised to learn that is actually Norrington. That's yeah. That's very concerning. Yeah. Reasons we'll get yes. into later. Right. Uh, yeah, because they're already cool. trying to set up that whole Norrington is into Elizabeth subplot, which when they're a little bit older, the 10 year age gap, I looked it up, it's 10 years when they're when they're both older, the 10 years doesn't necessarily mean quite as much. But now she's like 12. And... She's a kid. <laughs> and that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And that's easy. So. Okay, I'm gonna have to unpack that more as we go on, but uh, right, right. But uh, Norrington talks about how he hates pirates so much, and how everyone should be hung. Uh, there's give what they deserve a short drop and a sudden stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then Gibbs just pantomimes being hanged to Elizabeth. Yeah, just to clarify for the kids in the audience, yeah. uh, just in case it wasn't quite subtle enough. There are there are so many things throughout this series that make me just pause and go, well, that's not very Disney, and we just met the first one. Yeah, this movie is pretty dark for Disney. I would I would even argue in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the pirates are straight up cutting throats on you know the interceptor there towards the end. Well, I mean, yeah, in a later one, we flat, I mean, shit, in the later one, we flat out see they're about to hang a kid, like, to the point the executioner even brings out a little footstool for him to stand on. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, this isn't the first <laughs> time we're on for less than four feet tall. Yeah, the, the third movie is, the third like, one, right. something like there's been a six-month gap between two and three, and, like, they have just gone ham on arresting and executing pirates. And so it's you get kind of a montage of that over, like, the little kid voice kid singing the song. And here I thought Cars... Yeah, this one I think is the song... And here I thought Cars 2 was the, the highest body count in a Disney movie. Uh, <laughs> Didn't Matt Pat come to the conclusion it was Mulan? Uh, Ooh, probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, the opening scene of Pirates 3 literally culminates 
in a line of arrested pirates singing. I don't know, it's a song I've only heard in Pirates 3. It's It's a really cool song. And the main main voice that's been singing it is like this 10-year-old-ish sounding voice. He's in the line of people being hanged at once it like reaches its crescendo, and they bring him out a barrel to stand on because he can't reach the noose. Because like, he's a dude. child. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll obviously discuss it more whenever we get to that one because today right. we're on a different movie. It's yeah. just one of the one one of the images of the series that sticks that like got itself stuck in my brain. Right. And um, every now and then I'll be. Hanging out, and it's just, my brain will be like, "Hey, you remember that time Disney hanged a kid on screen?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, let's anyway, get, yeah. So, uh, they spot like first an umbrella in the water, then a raft with a boy in it, and then they realize that boy is coming from a flaming raft wrecked ship. Uh, Which I gotta feel like they should have seen that already. <laughs> Like it, it's yeah. the camera pans so fun. that it's a reveal for the audience, but they had to they had to get closer so the fog of war would reveal it. There we uh, go. There we go. Yeah. I would. I don't know. I'm not like super into the physics of weather and stuff, but wouldn't the fire dissipate some of the fog in a wider radius around it due to the heat alone, Probably. and also the illumination from the flames? I don't know. I feel like these guys are. Yeah, I I don't think it's really myopic. worth noting. Like, narratively, but I see what you're getting at. Nah. I'm mostly uh, just poking holes in... in... Sen- like fucking CinemaSins ding over here. I was uh, about to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Uh, they rescue the boy. They find out he's alive. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth steals his necklace. Yeah, it's... Proving to be it was the first as a pirate, pirate action in the movie. It's like this necklace that's like a circular pendant with a skull on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they go... They uh, they send the crew off to see if there are any more survivors. Uh, the boy comes to, and he's Will Turner. Uh, he's apparently... He says his name and then immediately passes out again, right? Yeah. Yep. Mood, yeah. dude. <laughs> and then apparently What's takes a nap and plays like twenty-two. Yes. So, uh, she realizes from this weird pendant that he must be, he must be like a pirate somehow, just a ten-year-old pirate. Uh, and as they're like, as like the crew's like dealing with the wreckage. Uh, she sees a ghost ship. And then it, she wakes up. It's a uh, present day, which is to say, still the 18th century, but 10 years later. And uh, this little girl is now an adult woman. Uh, She's she went to bed a girl and woke up as Karen Knightley. Yeah. <laughs> uh. She still has that pirate pendant that that uh, Will that she got from Will all those years ago, and, and a neat little false floor to that uh, yeah that dresser drawer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like a bunch of people come in, and she get her dad and some servants come in. They give her a dress. They 
they they explain that uh, Captain Norrington is being promoted to Commodore Norrington. Uh, she gets fit into a corset. Yeah, which I'm sure the promotion to Commodore means something. I don't know anything about Navy ranks. I mean, it's a big deal, so. Yeah, it's. Okay. I mean, they have a ceremony for him, so I assume it's important. I just, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I think it just means you have control over, like, a fleet or something. He's getting a really yeah. nice promotion, basically. Yeah. He's getting a, lot a really of cool sword, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, she gets fit into a corset for it. And uh, they have a visitor. It is, in fact, Will Turner, who is also now a young adult. He's who is now nonetheless, a... I mean, Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Orlando Bloom, huh? Um, yeah. He's provided, I think, a saber? Or rapier? Uh, uh, it would likely be a saber. Sure saber. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's uh, a badass. Rapiers sword. weren't popular um, outside of France, I don't think, in oh, that yeah. time. Right. Those like usually more like not for fencing, but more like associated with fencing. Yeah, because they're primarily they're just thrusting. Yeah, Giggity. right. And yeah. and even the ones that do have a traditional edge, they're meant for duels. They're not necessarily meant for like flat out combat the way like a military battle, table battle. would be. Yeah, but yeah. it does have a remarkably thin cross section of blade compared to like Jack's saber, yeah. which is what I picture to be like a cutlass. Yeah, like a yeah. more traditional yeah, type Jack's of Yeah, I think is a couple. Uh, uh, I will say, one of, again, one of those images that, like, just managed to bury itself down into my brain. One of my favorite things in this series is Will just awkwardly hanging out, waiting for anyone to come talk to him, and <laughs> accidentally breaking off a can breaking a candelabra off the wall. Yes! <laughs> He's as awkward as an NPC in a Bethesda game. <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> he's he's because yeah, it's he's just sitting there like he doesn't say anything, of course, because it's just him. So why have him monologue? Just kind of like awkwardly walking around. He reaches up like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll take a look at this count. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and it's just it's just the loudest thunk. It was in the like world. that when I got here. he hides it in yeah, he hides it in one of those little like umbrella stands. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, point made at this point in the film is that uh, Will Turner has always called uh, Elizabeth Miss Swan. Uh, like, at least the boy has a sense of propriety. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they have him phrase it like that, but really that just translates to, see, he knows his place. Pretty much. Yay, colonialism! Yay. I think now we transition to our next scene, which uh, it's uh, Johnny Depp on a, oh my on, God. on like a boat. Uh, it's a rather small boat, and it's in fact sinking in the middle of as it's coming to shore. It's practically I, sunk at this point. <laughs> yeah, I do love the opening of the shot, though. He's at the crow's nest. He's all triumphantly looking, shielding his eyes from the sun, <laughs> and then you pan out. And this dude's on, like, this teeniest little dinghy, and it's halfway sunk before it's even gotten into the friggin' yeah. harbor. It's it honestly, It honestly is kind of a good summation for the series as a whole. Because, like you said, it starts in, just zoomed in right on him, 
coming in triumphant and cool, then it zooms out. Oh, he's actually sinking and super in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, like, he, as it sinks, like, he's able to, like, get off the top of the mast just as it finishes sinking <laughs> onto the dock. Uh, it, I would say it's a very establishing moment for him as a character. Oh, it's it's really really there dismount too just steps right onto the thing keeping his momentum going yep uh the the dot guy stops him and is like hey it's a when i was a kid i did not know what this guy was talking about i did not know that a shilling was a unit of money (laughs) what'd you think he was asking for i didn't know i did not know (laughs) but yeah the guy says it's a shilling to tie up your boat at the dock and Jack just oh. turns to to show it one hundred percent sunk, and he's like, "Huh." What do you say about three shillings? And we forget the name. Yeah. So yeah, he... welcome to Port Royal, Mister Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bribes the guy, and while while he's not looking, he steals his coin purse. Uh, <laughs> very. I gotta say, very. You were making that Bethesda NPC before. Uh, comment before about Will. Uh, Jack is very Bethesda protagonist in this sense. Uh, uh, so they're at Port- this is Port Royale. Uh, uh, we cut over to the port where the promotion ceremony is happening. Uh, and while that's happening, uh, Johnny Depp uh, steps onto the naval docks. Uh, he two uh, guards show up, and these guys <laughs> are sort of recurring characters throughout this movie. I love them. Uh, yeah. Yes. It, I, it's I, these two, and then they have a counterpart duo among the pirates. Pencil yeah. and That's For their me, names. These four side characters are what turn these from just a Friday night popcorn movie to a Friday night popcorn movie that you're going to watch for the next 20 years. Right. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Uh, How are... How familiar are the rest of you with uh, the theme park ride? Including, like, the... Like, what the theme park ride would have been when this movie came out. Not familiar enough to recall it off the top of my head. I'm th- it's been I a few know the years. Scene is very yeah. similar. I remember, I remember going there when I was really little, and it was old. It was far back enough that it would have been the version of the ride before they sort of like incorporated the movie stuff in. Right. Which I know they cribbed the dog with the prison door keys from yes. the ride. Pretty much the entire establishing shot of Tortuga is flat straight out of the ride. Um, the cannon fire on Port Royal, I think, is straight out of the ride. And I want to say one or two other things. So they cribbed quite a bit from that version of that of think, the ride. Oh, one of my trivia things that we can get to later. I think I actually had like a list of all the like all the references to the ride, but we can get to that in a second. All right. Cool. Yeah, so he talks with these uh, two chuckle fucks about uh, the Interceptor. Uh, 
which I think Dan is... has a new favorite word. <laughs> it's a yeah. fun word. It is. No, and it's very fitting for this group, so. Uh, the Interceptor is unmatched in, in like, speed and and whatnot. But Johnny Depp point, points out there is one faster, and it's called the Black Pearl. They're like, the Black Pearl isn't a real ship, it's a myth. And we, we get this whole establishing thing that the Black Pearl, the ship with black sails, piloted by the damned and captained by a man so evil that hell spat him back out. Uh, and, like, they have a bit of an argument over whether or not one of them actually saw the Black Pearl or not. But while they're doing that, Johnny Depp sort of uses that as an opportunity to sneak onto the boat. Uh, 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 I think, like... What happens next? Can can one of you fill uh, me in? They it's oh what is it? He's he sneaks over, they catch him. It's it like it cuts away here in just a second, but basically like it it does a Oh uh, what ah uh, hang on, I'm trying to remember how it, like the order of events on this scene. It's basically like they catch him. I think that's when they're like, No, seriously, what are you doing? And and he says he's gonna he Raid pillage plunder and otherwise pilfer his Weasley black guts out. Why did I forget that phrase? It's a good phrase. <laughs> but yeah, basically he says I'm gonna steal the ship and go pirating with it, and they're like, ha 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 ha, nah. And I think that it just cuts away from from them to uh, Elizabeth and Norrington, right? Yeah, uh, Norrington. Okay. Norrington uh, proposes to Elizabeth. Uh, I gotta say, knowing that Norrington knew her as a kid while he was an adult is deeply concerning and kind of groomy. Uh, yeah. Like, again, if if they had met while they were adults, their age gap isn't as big of a deal. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, she was that, like yeah. 12. Yeah, if you're, you know, adult enough to be captain of a ship and you know a 12-year-old, and then you go and try and marry that 12-year-old, when she comes of age, quote unquote, you're a creepo. That's not cool, man. <laughs> All right, there, Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least she wasn't his daughter. Woody Allen. Fuck Woody Allen. Um, I'd rather not. Thanks. No one else would. Yeah. That's why he had to marry his daughter. You stop that. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah, so uh-huh, sure, Commodore Norrington proposes to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth faints from the anxiety. I just uh, love how genuinely shit. baffled he sounds when she falls. Just Elizabeth? Huh? I, I love just yeah. how baffled he sounds when he turns around and she's gone. Oh, you know, yeah, it's very much she just turns around. Uh, and set up that she was having trouble breathing uh, earlier when they put the corset on her in her room. And then uh, every I, scene that shows her between her and her fainting, she's gasping for breath. She's fanning herself with her little pocket fan dealy. She's, yeah. They, they did a pretty good job telegraphing this, I think. Yeah. yeah it, so, yeah, basically it's a combination of she hasn't been able to breathe for a sol- very well for a solid couple hours. And then, like, him proposing on top of that is enough that it just <laughs> topples yeah. her right over. 
Mm-hmm. And she's off. Yeah, I wonder. And... Yeah, uh, she faints, falls over. She plunges into the ocean. We get, a, Ma- we get a brief shot of Jack still talking to those dudes. I guess they decided instead of arresting him, they're just going to hang out now. I don't that's know the whole, that's when they made me their chief. Yeah, I don't know what the rest of their conversation was, but all we see is him going, and that's when they made me their chief. Like They they uh, prodded him for a lore dump. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love coming into the punchline. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth narrowly misses just crashing into a rock. Uh, Would have made for a very short movie. Yeah. Well, no, uh, that's fine. It, it was probably like Boing Boing Kate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, Kat, that would be funnier to you if you would watch JoJo. What? But JoJo's so I bad, I will get though. to it. <gasps> Lie. Fuck. <laughs> I realize this is a controversial opinion, but I shall, I shall not retract it. I do not like JoJo. He keeps trying uh, to get me to watch it or read it. Watch it? Dio's so rapey in the first few episodes. Fuck that shit. Yeah, man. he is. He's a, no, yeah, he's a villain. I know, but you can establish a villain without making it weird. See, see Stephen, now I'm even more creeped out by it. Ha Okay, so it's good. Spoiled your plans. My joke was from part four. Yeah. Well, Dio's not in that one. It's okay. to get to part four, don't you? Yeah, depending on who you ask. You should probably watch the, at least part two. I'm yeah. Gonna I'm going to finish Demon Slayer first. Well, fair uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, so anyway, Johnny yeah, Depp Elizabeth sees in the water. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp sees Elizabeth fall into the water, and uh, he goes off to rescue her. It turns uh, out neither of these Navy guys know how to swim. Yeah, so credit to the Queen's help. Navy. You are. <laughs> Let's see. He rescues her. Uh... Also, interesting quick little trivia bit. When Elizabeth falls in, that little pulse things happen. When the medallion comes free, if there is a split second oh, shot right. of the clouds over the port uh, for a brief second, they actually form the shape of a hand reaching out towards the port. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, like, that's neat. It's like one of those yeah, can you miss it kind of things. Yeah, like doesn't the medallion pulse and the sails turn black? Uh I don't think it's that they turn black. I think it's like the wind picks up. It's like the minute it makes contact with the water, yeah. it sends out that yeah, pulse. The wind thing. changes, flips yeah, from right. one direction to the next, and then a big storm cloud starts to roll in of the, on right. an otherwise sunny blue sky day. Right. And that's where, if you look, it's like a freeze frame bonus where, like, for a split second, the clouds actually form the shape of a hand reaching out towards Port Royal. That's really neat. Oh man, we watched Sleepy Hollow or the Disney Ichabod Crane the other night, and the clouds did the same thing there. So now I'm just matching the two up in my head. There you go. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny Depp rescues her. He has to leave the dress behind because it's causing too much drag. Uh, he, when she's having like trouble trying to like breathe after being rescued, uh, he has to like rip off her corset so she can breathe. There's like a bit about about clearly you've never been to Singapore if you've never done yeah. that. Yeah, I never would have thought about that. Clearly, you clearly you've been never been to Singapore. <laughs> he notices that Elizabeth has like the medallion on her, and he's like eyeing it. 
And it's what the hell. And just as he's like dealing with that, uh, a whole bunch of muskets are pointed at him. Yeah, actually, do you mind if we pause before going to the musket part? Does anyone know what he means about the the clearly you've never been to Singapore thing? Because I have never been able to figure that out. It's probably a reference to brothels, knowing Jack. Yeah, probably. Oh crap! You're probably right. The the Far East would have been hugely profitable to anybody who wanted to run a house of ill repute, if you will. Um, yeah. So deal with ladies of the night and or you know coming to India for anything, they absolutely would have stopped off in a port like Singapore. Crap, you're probably right. I didn't even think about that. Never mind. Yeah. You know, as everything, it all comes back to holes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in an insensitive way. It's just a fun word to say sometimes. And I'm just trying to think of the logistics of getting from in and around Florida. This is a long fucking trip. I mean, maybe if you're coming in from the West Coast. Are you plotting a trip to Singapore, I mean, Stephen? No, I'm just like, they they wouldn't have had, like, motors and shit. They would have been doing this old school. Right. It's a long time to circumnavigate the globe, but, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway. There are many, many ports along the way. They'd be able to stop off That's in true. Brazil and South Africa. And, you know, they they wouldn't probably sail straight there. I couldn't. I wouldn't. Well, and also it. for... And also, for all we know, there could have been, like, one of those places that he stopped at could have had a, like, community of women and ladies of the night from Singapore in another location. That's a good point. Entirely possible. (laughs) Uh, You know, completely unrelated fun fact. The only reason the ukulele got popular in Hawaii was because of a Portuguese sailor who built one because he was bored while he was on Hawaii working in the sugarcane fields. The king of Hawaii heard it. Loved it, and it became the national instrument of Hawaii at the time. That, nah, that's awesome. He knows this because he has a ukulele and he plays it. I do. I like ukuleles. <laughs> I love how the implication of that is just when you get and play a ukulele, you're just imbued with the knowledge. Oh yeah, like <laughs> as soon as it touches your hands and you pluck the first string, you kind of rise up and everything gets real tight, and suddenly you know it's, all the history. It's like <laughs> Kubo. It's like Kubo in the two screens, but with you know a mustache and a ukulele. Yes, a movie that I have seen. A mustache and a ukulele. I gotta find a copy of that. <laughs> I said no, no, Sean. There, there's no mustache in Kubo in the two strings. No, no, I love Kubo. That is such a beautiful movie. It's got great music. Anyway, we're not talking about Kubo. Oh, right. it's okay. Um, we went off uh, for the Great Mass Detective. We went off on a tangent for hentai mice at the beginning. So this this is normal for us. Oh yeah, yeah we did do that. Uh, huh? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, back that... to Jack almost getting shot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth is able to like get them to lower their muskets. Uh. They, like, argue about it because, like, he's a pirate. He's Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, the, he, like, the... That's like Norton... the whole one good deed isn't enough to excuse a lifetime of bad ones. And Jack was, Sparrow is, like, that's enough him. to condemn him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to which the the uh, the mayor... Governor? Yeah, the governor, governor. dude. Governor. Elizabeth's dad literally just goes, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Norrington points out that uh, Jack's muskets are unloaded, and his compass doesn't even point north. He is, in fact, it... the worst pirate he's ever heard of. Oh, and then cool. Johnny Depp says the fun line that everyone knows. He, uh, he points out, and that, that's going to come up later, yeah. he points out that Jack's pistol has only one shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no right. Powder yeah. Ball. yeah, one one shot, no spares. <laughs> Compass doesn't point north. Right. Miraculously, his sword is not made of wood. But if you look really closely when Norrington is talking about the compass, if you look closely at the dial, it points to Jack. Because we find out later in the franchise, the compass only points to the thing that you want most. Yep. Oh, that's, huh. that's... I didn't know that. Uh, that's good attention to detail on them. It oh, really yeah. is. Um, the worst pirate I've ever heard of, as Jack points out, but you have heard of me. But you have heard of me. Yeah, the fun line <laughs> everyone loves. Uh, he, in response, he takes Elizabeth hostage, and the movie theme starts playing. Uh, Jack starts. Jack like has to like run away. He has to let Elizabeth go to do that. Yeah. Uh, in order to evade the uh, authorities, he ducks into a smithy. Where he finds that the blacksmith is fast asleep uh, and will not wake up. So he uses it as an opportunity to unbond his manacles. Well, the tip too, anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, he does, I think, eventually just manage to break the chain, right? Well, yeah, but not right away, he... though, because. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It takes a while. He yeah. messes around with a hammer and an anvil and he can't bridge or, or, like, hey, there's a leverage. That's a. Uh, a little future plot point there, but yeah. and then he he hooks Running it up ears on the uh, the rotating device that the donkey's pulling around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is that part of the forge that the donkey's tied to, or uh, might be like a mill, something like that? A yeah, mill, yeah, probably possibly the mill. some sort of bellows to keep the forge hot. That's what I was um, wondering, or possibly uh, because it seemed like. Uh, if I remember it correctly, it seemed like there were weapons on it. It could be a type of air cooling. Um, you know, they didn't. Oh, could they be. don't quench all steels and and oil, so he could. They could have used some sort of uh, air hardening steel. That's true. Right. Uh-huh. Although I don't really know what the metallurgy was like in the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds. Well, then why are you even here, Sean? Well, you know, sometimes I just like to show up and waste people's time. It's it's just a thing I do. Yeah, so Will shows up. They're pointing swords at each other. Uh, We get a sword fight. Which, Uh, this one, at least from what I remember, might genuinely be my favorite sword fight in the series. It doesn't have all of the, like, crazy nonsense that starts getting added in as the as the series goes on, it's just one dude and another dude, and I are making pretty good use of their environment, and it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I Every will say the I one in the it. next. I will say though, the one when they're in the uh, the giant wheel in the second movie, that one was pretty good too. But that's the forge is definitely good. a good one. This one here in the forge always makes me think immediately of the Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. 
And I do like how during the fight, too, at one point, um, when they do start fighting, that how uh, Jack and Will's, like, sword clashes are actually, like, meeting or matching up with the music as they do it. It's That's uh, another little bit of really good editing, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it yeah, just kind of um, adds to the scene. Give it a little but, bit uh, of but yeah, so John Williams flair. <laughs> but yeah, so as the fight goes on, Jack finally notices just how many swords there are that are hanging up, hanging up in different places and shouts out, who makes all these? To which well responds, of course, I do. And he explains he's like, he like practices with them three hours a day. Uh, uh, Jack says he ain't got no balls. Uh, and an Which install. starts a long running gag throughout the entire series of will be. Yeah, they carried this on a lot longer than I would have thought. <laughs> really? Yeah, like it comes up frequently. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna keep a watch for it if I remember whenever we do other movies in the series. But, but yeah, they they seem to come back to this and specifically targeting it at will more often than not too. Like in the sack in the second one, Jack actually makes like a scissor motion with his fingers and goes snippy snippy. Yeah. Later later in this movie, when um when Will is first meeting Barbosa, Jack says he's something about like he's nobody comes up with some convoluted version of He's a lovely soprano. He's a lovely soprano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then says great singing voice and like winks and points at himself like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, this is a thread they decide to carry for Will for a while. It's kind of sucks hearing about oh, Will. Weird. Uh, so, uh, Will is eventually able to get one of the uh, chains still, still uh, attached to Jack, caught in a blade. Uh, the troops bust in. Uh, Jack points a gun at Will, but he, but the smithy like smashes the bottle over his head, over the back of his head to take him out. Uh, and you can see Will looking off to the side of Jack while Jack has the gun trained, kind of again telegraphing something's about to happen. Yeah, which unfortunately for Will there. means that he loses all credit for catching Jack. I mean, let's be honest, they weren't going to give him any credit anyway. Nah. Nope. Well, the other guy was still asleep, maybe. As propriety. So they take Jack to jail. They, Jack sees these men in the next cell over trying to, like, lure over a dog who has the cell keys in his mouth. Uh, it's the only movie reference I specifically remember in, in at least this one. They tossed a couple more in. In other movies, but this is the only one I know of that made it into the first movie. Because huh. uh. Uh, I don't know about the other three of y'all. I've been to Disney a million times, so of course I've read it. But um, one of the shots along the way in the ride is a group of prisoners huddled up to uh, the bars of their cell trying to lure a dog in so that it can <laughs> the keys from it. Literally just exactly how this shot is framed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That dog is never going to move. <laughs> Which, again, I feel like they tossed in as a nod to the fact that, of course, on the ride, it doesn't. Yep, that yeah. was a, a shout-out. Okay. And then, chaos? Basically? Yeah. 
Uh, oh, uh, first Elizabeth talks with like a servant about Commodore Norrington. She like sets uh, like a pan of hot coals in her bed to warm it up. Uh, yeah. Will senses something eerie is going on, and it starts to get real spooky. Uh, a ship comes to dock and we get cannon fire the black pearl is here uh, the first shot when uh, Governor Swan and, and, and Commodore Norrington are I guess they're on the parapets of uh, the fort and they're standing there talking about whatever it is they're talking about and then it gets quiet and then Norrington says cannon fire and he knocks Governor Swan over. That that was a really kind of, I don't know, it was a cool thing to, to show Norrington as being competent, because a lot of times in these swashbuckling type movies, you get a very incompetent villain in, it, in, the, in that type of role. Yeah. And then, when they do start firing back, my this is an instance where there's not an Easter egg in this shot, but my mind always tells me there's about to be. Because for some reason, that first shot when, like, you see their smoke rise up, I always go into it thinking, oh, yeah, they're about to do this as, like, a Mickey head. But then it never does. Oh, no, it does. There is a Mickey head. Does it? There is. There's it's, a Mickey uh, head? It's like, one of the, it's, like, one of the final cannon fires, but there is a very brief Mickey head in, in this Okay, I just remember it being sooner, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, then, yeah, okay, I guess I, rem- I guess it was real. There is a Mickey head, yes. You know they couldn't go without one. It wouldn't be Disney. Disney likes to put that <laughs> they, that stamp on everything. Of course. They found a way to put it in the first Tron, so yeah, I believe that. Holy crap, I didn't know there was one in the first one. Yeah, it's there like two, I think. Um, But yeah, so basically the rest of this is... Or the rest of, not the movie, obviously. The rest of this scene is various shots of, like, pirate pirates from the Black Pearl, like, running around and attacking the city, or the um, port. And we also get our, at one point, we do get our first kind of foreshadowing Town. that something isn't quite right, because, you know, the one pirate that gets hit by the sign or gets hit with something near Will, and a few minutes later, you see him up and walking around again like nothing's wrong. The bombardier pirate uh, catches Will's hand to the back, and then a few yes. minutes later, he's still running being a bombardier pirate. Right, right. And it's like, that's your first kind of hint that's like, wait a second, wasn't that guy just... Yeah. Uh, we also get uh, the first shot of the uh, pirate chuckle fox. Uh, one of them <laughs> is like this sort of fat, bald dude, and the other is like this sort of skinny dude who has a Really nasty looking wooden eye. Not a glass yeah. one, wooden. Yeah. Just to tell them apart, uh, Pintel is the shorter one and Regetti is the one with the wooden eye. Right, okay. Okay, I remember their names, but I always forget which is which. Regetti has the wooden eye. <laughs> okay. But yeah, this is Pintel and Regetti. They are... This is the only time they are ever threatening in like the entire series. Oh, dude, when he looks through the... Yeah, like here in a minute, Pintel like gave me chills. Ugh. And we'll get to it in a second, but or we're about know to. You're yeah, bring... No, no. Like when he actually looks in the freaking door, like ugh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they break into Elizabeth's house looking for 
um, looking for, well, acting like they're looking for her, but ultimately you find out over the course of the scene they're looking for the medallion, which at one point they say the gold calls to them, and I'm like, if it calls to you, why did you not find it ten years ago? Or eight years ago, I think they say it is. The point is, why did you not find it back then? I guess it's the first time they've hit Port Royal. I guess. I don't know, man. I think it's implied, too, that they can't find it when it's not, like, in the water. So since oh, Will was taken point. out of the water, they couldn't find it. But then she fell in, and that's what triggered that shockwave. So it's like they know it's in the area. They just don't know where. Because it's okay. not water. Okay, I will, ex- I will accept this to not be a cinema sense dinging bell. But um, Elizabeth calls Parlay for the first, which Parlay, again, becomes kind of a running gag throughout the series. Yep. Par snip par tongue. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. is like a thing in the pirates code that that they accept surrender in, in exchange for being allowed to live and being taken to the captain. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's temporarily being allowed to live anyway. Yeah, long enough to negotiate. But yeah, so basically she agrees to go with Pintel and Rigetti peacefully if they don't hurt her. And presumably don't hurt anyone else because they're busy escorting her, right? Uh, back to the back to the pearl. And that's basically the last time that we see Elizabeth, um, until the scene ends and it transitions over to the pearl. I think. I think so. Yeah, they don't show well, no, wait, her being escorted. That, well, no way, doesn't. No way, doesn't. Uh, Will get like a, at least a glimpse of her being escorted away. <laughs> That's right, because, yeah, he tries to chase them and then gets immediately knocked out. Right. Uh, the other pirates are able to, to escape thanks to a cannonball blowing up their cell wall, but Jack's left yeah. behind. Uh, so he tries to lure in the dog, but <laughs> the dog gets scared off because two pirates show up and they recognize Jack. Uh, they talk about how they left him for dead on a desert island and how they did a mutiny on him. Which will come back up later. Yeah. Yet he's still calling himself Captain Jack. Yeah. You gotta man. keep that rep up. Man. <laughs> yep. Gotta keep one that rep. <laughs> it's not mutiny if I don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, one of them grabs him with a fucked up zombie hand. Yeah, this is the first reveal that we, uh, like, the first, I guess, sort of official reveal that, hey, something's up with these dudes. Yeah. Uh, Shit fuckery confirmed. Oh! Elizabeth, yeah? Oh, uh, just another random thing about the, uh, about the appearance of the zombies. The texture of, like, their, you know, their skin remnants and stuff that are hanging off. They actually got that by, like, scanning jerky textures to, like, get the look of their skin. They actually use, like, beef jerky textures to, like, get the look of the skin. You know, I bet pirate jerky would be really salty. Oh, Oh, that's incredible. Oh, my God, Jack Lynx. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, no, no, here it is, here it is. It's an industrial light and magic designer scanned turkey jerky to create the effect of decomposing skin when the pirates turn in their skeletal forms. That is, that's honestly, that's really cool. That, that right? Did that. That's a really neat way to go about it. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to eat turkey jerky anytime soon, but. Right. I mean, there's other kinds of jerky, just 
turkey jerky in particular because it does kind of have that skin color now that you think about it. Right. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of neat that they used jerky to do the zombies. But but yeah, so um, basically it, it, them kind of going back and forth, Jack uh, said something to them about there's, there's a special place in hell for betrayers and mutineers and that's when uh, one of them reaches in and grabs him with his zombie hand and just gives him just that cold, you know nothing of hell. And then I guess the two of them just walk out after they say that. Yeah. I guess because at that point, it's like they weren't under orders to find Jack. It's like they got what they came for. They had their fun. And now it's time to go back. Yeah. What? 6.5. I just um, had a peppermint patty. Is there, is there anything else that happens in the in the town? Or does it cut from here to, to the ship? Uh, uh, yeah, I think the next scene is just at the ship. Uh, she meets up with Captain Barbosa. Uh, she asks them to leave and never come back. He obviously says no, but then she threatens to drop the medallion she's carrying into the ocean. Uh, they agree on those on those terms. Uh. And when they ask her name, she says she's Elizabeth Turner, and she's a maid in the household or in the mansion. In yeah. the yeah, she's a maid yeah. in the governor's household because she doesn't Which, want to. Because to her, her credit, she, she does to... not. Exactly. Yeah, she doesn't realize the significance of the name Turner to them. And right. She just thinks thinking, okay, if they think the I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Um. She hands over the medallion in exchange for Port Royal safety, but then she finds out she's getting taken with them. Uh, to be fair, she never specified. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, Will wakes up, realizes Elizabeth is gone, and he begs the Commodore to hunt down the Black Pearl and save her. And they say no. <laughs> yeah. It'd be impossible. Uh, uh, one of the dudes who... One of those, like, dudes from, like, before... Yeah! Uh, ...says, like, maybe Jack could help out with that, but... He's still in his cell. Uh, so they're not exactly going to be allies with this pirate. Uh, yeah, Norrington straight up does not want to ask Jack for help. Right, because pirate. And then, and then Will attacks the map with his hammer, not a hammer, with his axe. His thing, yeah. Like it's not that he like goes off. I I felt like I worded that weirdly. Like basically, he gets mad and it's like that. They're talking about oh, maybe we can start analyzing all of this other kind of stuff and start asking around and eventually track him down. And he just slams on the table like, no, that's not good enough. And I forget exactly what all Norrington says, but he ends it with, don't make the mistake of thinking that you're the only one who cares for Elizabeth, and at this point, I will again remind you that, dude, you are ten years older than her, and have known her since she was little. It's still weird. Actually, also in the like earlier, in a re- earlier rejected draft of the script, thank God, um, initially when he proposed to Elizabeth, she was supposed to turn him down, and he was going to join with Barbosa in revenge against Port Royal. <laughs> Luckily, that work was turned down. 
Pretty that dumb. would have been a thing to see. Luckily, they decided to not make uh, Norrington and Incel nice guy, so... I, uh, I mean, they still made him a groomer, is the thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, at least yeah, he didn't, like, completely... At least he didn't totally go off the rail and be like, you said no to me, so I'm gonna join the undead zombie pirate captain. Uh, so anyway, Will says, screw it, if they're not gonna ask Jack, I'll go free Jack and <laughs> make him take me to the pirate. And when we learn about the proper application of leverage. Yeah, which, to be fair, neat scene. He basically, like, is it a bench that he grabs and, like, wedges against the gate? Yeah, it's like one of the benches. Yeah, it's like one of the benches nearby, and he's just, pop, there goes the door. Yeah. He explains that he built the cell and knows exactly how to break it. Uh, Half-pin barrel hinges. Yep. Sure. Which, why the fuck would you put that on a frickin' prison door? (laughs) No one else knew about it. (laughs) I'm just saying. Make it easy to replace. (laughs) That's fair, I guess. Yeah, you could just pop it off whenever whenever something else happens to it. We gotta get some work done on the lock of this prison door. Alright, well, I guess I'll... Think what? Clonk. Drag this big-ass heavy metal door across the town. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so... I really wish that we had seen the conversation that led to this moment. Because them... or Because Will and Jack getting out to a boat is the two of them taking a... a little dinghy turning it upside down over themselves and then just going underwater. Yeah. And I and this got is the part I wish... where we all pretend we don't understand buoyancy. Yeah. <laughs> like I know in real life it would not work. Mythbusters tried it, it didn't work, but it's still it's a good scene, so I'll allow it. I just wish that I could have seen the conversation that led to Will agreeing to this stupid, stupid plan. Just follow me here. We're gonna take this canoe <laughs> and we're gonna use it to breathe. <laughs> walk all the way across the harbor and steal a ship. Commandeer. Going to commandeer that ship. <laughs> yeah, commandeer. It's a nautical term. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Semantics. I, I'm, I keep getting... I get the order of events mixed up on this one. Is it... They try to take the Dauntless... So that people will come over to it and then swing over to the interceptor. Yeah, exactly. They okay. have them completely rig the interceptor, sail all the way out there, so that it's still rigged when they jump on board, and they just steal the fully prepped ship that they can now crew underhand, you know, understacked. And Will says, "I avast somewhere in there. I don't know, <laughs> but I love it." <laughs> <laughs> it's like again, our. I don't remember. It's they get when I think when they get confronted by the Navy dudes and Will uh, Jack says something about we're going to be commandeering this ship, and Will just jumps up next to him. I avast. Oh, Will, you're trying <laughs> so hard. He's doing his best. Uh, they the theme starts playing again, and they escape. Uh. Will explains his backstory. Uh, he's he uh, grew up in in England and came to uh, the Caribbean 
to seek out his missing father, Bill, uh, who Bill Turner, who who Jack Sparrow recognizes as Bootstrap Bill. Uh, uh, Jack explains that Bootstrap Bill was a pirate. Will absolutely hates knowing this. Uh, Doesn't want like, to believe it. As they're like arguing over this, Jack like reveals he can play dirty and like turns the sail so that Will gets knocked over and is just hanging over the water. And he has this whole thing about what a man can do and what a man can't do. And uh like he could kill him, but he can't pilot a ship without him. And likewise he he can't do anything about his past, but he can't accept it. Uh and so Will sort of agrees to just serve under him so they can deal with this whole thing and get it over with. And he also was like, you have to accept that a pirate can, in fact, be a good person. Does that mean Will becomes a pirate by pulling himself up by his by his own bootstraps? Steven! <laughs> <laughs> really, Steven? Thank you, folks. I'm here all week. Unfortunately. Uh, oh wait, the week is only one day is only one day left. Ha. Uh, Jack reveals that they're going to Tortuga to get a crew. And Tortuga is a den of vice and sin. It's, and it's in constant chaos. Everyone's fighting each other all the time. Uh, and this is where my notes end. So uh, I think Steven's going to have to pick up the slack from here. There's a few good shots when they're doing the um, the sort of pan across to all of the Tortuga. Uh, there's a uh, Lady of the Night on a keg of what appears to be wine or ale. Another callback to the ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Then all of the prostitutes that Jack has had dealings with in the past come up and start slapping him in the mouth. And yeah. it is kind of funny. It's uh how many do we get? Is it is it two women that slap him? It's two uh, in the first bit. No, three of them. It's the redhead, the blonde, and then uh later on Anna Maria, but two pro- it's two oh, prostitutes yeah. and then Anna Maria. So three I don't know. Women. One of them he says he doesn't deserve the other then one, one like, he might maybe. deserve. I may have deserved that. Right. The redhead slaps him first, then the blonde one, and then the third one is later on when they're actually picking out the crew, and that's Anna Maria, and that's the one he says he did deserve. Okay, okay. I always remember them all together. This is among Zoe Saldana's earliest roles. That was her? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's Zoe Saldana. And apparently she had such a bad experience on this movie that she almost like, like, this is why you don't see her in any of the sequels, and it wasn't the cast. No, it wasn't the cast. She said she loved the cast and her coworkers, but apparently it was all like the politics and stuff behind the scenes that right. gave her such uh, a horrible time that like that's why she doesn't show up again in any of the sequels is because this movie was so horrible to her. Right. That's a shame. Damn, okay. I love Zoe Saldana. Uh, so. Insert crickets. <laughs> Every now and then there is a brief lull, but it's just because we're regrouping. 
And now for a quick it, commercial break. Does it just does it just cut right to morning, or do we actually see stuff happen that night? Well, right after they do all the pan shots, they go find Mr. Gibbs. He's sleeping in the pigsty. Yeah, okay. Again. They splash him with water. It's bad luck to wake a man when he's sleeping. And then Will splashes him with another small keg of water, and he goes, I blast you, I'm already... That one was for the smell. <laughs> and then I love how he gives like, a little fair. grin and a nod, like, that's fair. He's like, <laughs> he's like fair Which, enough. Yeah, it is so easy to forget that, this, that we've seen Gibbs before now. Yes, it it took me years to recognize that that was the same character. I have right. to admit that. I mean, to be fair, in a you know what was it a ten or eight year gap, he really hadn't changed that much. Yeah, a little grayer well, around the occupation. Well, and even then, he's just going from probably occasionally sailing with privateers to being a pirate. So it's really not that big of a stretch. That's true. I mean, he's he's a little more unkempt, but I mean, again, pirate. Arr. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, um, they they convince Gibbs to help them. Basically, Jack like says without directly saying that uh, Will is the kid that they that the pirates need the blood from to break the curse. And when and then, he says leverage in the conversation, Will's ears perk up and he kind of... He's like, my, he's like, someone said the secret words. <laughs> That's my favorite word, guys. I know those words. <laughs> That's my favorite three-syllable word. <laughs> hmm. huh. uh, yeah, so are we at the, uh, the uh, pirate ship scene? Because, like... Trying to remember from here. Yeah, I think that's basically where it cuts to is everyone gathered outside the the interceptor in the morning. We do get a small montage of the Motley crew being assembled. We got to see do Cotton have... with his parrot and mincing tongue. Yeah, Jack and Mr. Gibbs are sitting at a table and several of the pirates kind of file through one at a time. That's where we first see Zoe Saldana's character and we oh. first see Cotton, the tongueless man with the parrot. I genuinely, I think, always forget that scene then, because I thought it just cut right to the next morning. <laughs> it gives them the little, like, real quick hiring everybody montage. It's not, it's not right, a long scene. Right, right. Okay. Maybe but, two, three minutes, something like that. But yeah, ultimately it doesn't matter. 90% of these people I'm pretty sure we never see again. Um, there are yeah. actually several recurring characters in this crew. That's, yeah, that's fair, I guess. The only one whose name I, even, I ever remember, though, is Cotton. To be fair, yeah, that's same here. Um, yeah. yeah, and the um, um there's a little person who's on the crew. He shows up in a couple of more movies. Yeah, I've seen him again a few times, but I never know his name, and I feel bad for that. I thought he I gets too. eaten in the second movie. No, I'm pretty sure we see him in the third. Okay. It, yeah, I was about to say, isn't he on on the ship when they're keep when they're everybody's freezing and the one um, Chinese pirate breaks his own toe off? I don't remember. That actually sounds Oh no, right. I have to watch more pirate movies. I'm looking up the pirates' names too, so I'll pop I'll pipe in here in a minute. Okay. Um Marty. Yeah, the, the only one I the well, okay, there are two I remember, because there's Cotton and his parrot. Uh Cotton does not have a tongue, but has somehow taught the parrot to talk for him. Most of the figure that means yes. Yeah, it, it talks in like random pirate cliche phrases. 
which is kind of funny. Like, so it doesn't actually say this is a good idea or Willy want a cracker or anything like that. It's like, wind in your sails, any port in a storm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I little crew should... member, by the way, is named Marty. And it looks like because apparently the audience liked him so much, he is actually in all four of the main pirate movies. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, nice. Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, and Dead Man Tell No Tales. Huh. Uh, I, we forgot to, did we, I don't think we went over the pirate ship scene where, like, Captain Barbosa explains to Elizabeth, oh wait, did we cover that? Because. I don't know, I keep flopping the two in my head as far as if, this, yeah. if that or Tortuga came first. No, this scene comes before. I'm looking at the movie right now. This scene comes before the the crew gets assembled. Is we see the assembled crew. Uh, so Captain Barbosa is like, so like Elizabeth is being taken to have dinner with Captain Barbosa. She has to like wear this dress they've they've procured for her. Uh, they like threaten that like if she doesn't eat with him, she'll have to eat with the crew naked. Uh, not great. Uh, they yeah. They so so Barbosa sort of explains to her like their whole situation, which is well, they, except for one key detail. Yeah. All right. So. He explains it's that, like, they were cursed by, by the, they were cursed by, like, these, it's, like, Aztec gold that they found, and, like, I think it was, like, there was a curse placed on them from, like, the people who, you know, the Aztec people who were systematically subjugated. Uh, yeah, I think the implication is supposed to be, like, is. yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think the implication is supposed to be like Cortez assumingly slaughtered a bunch of uh a bunch of them and took the and took the treasure and that was what like put the curse on it. Yeah. Uh and like like f- the thing is like whoever takes all the gold is going to become immortal, but the rest of their endless lives will be in eternal hell. And of course, the pirates being pirates took the whole damn thing. Uh, we find out that he explains that, like, they not they can't die, but also they can't enjoy any pleasures in this world. Like, food turns to ash in their mouth. Uh, uh, nights out with women are unsus- unsatisfying. Uh, <laughs> drinks have no effect. Like, Like, part of the thing is, like, he can't eat apples, so he's got this sort of thing where he's always got apples around him. He uh, is th- after that Granny Smith that Elizabeth uh, that he tries to hand Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about this, it could this could probably be like a metaphor for sin, just like oh, yeah, probably. sin as a whole an entire concept because that's what they do for entertainment. Uh, also, just kind of a little random, uh, not a film throwaway but just like a little outside of the film meta gag is the re- one of the reasons why he it's a specifically a granny smith apple that he's carrying uh granny smith actually originated in australia and jeffrey rush who plays barbosa is i did not know this australian oh, oh, okay. like, that's neat. 
So it's kind of like a little gag that that's why he's carrying around a Granny Smith apple specifically. Okay. I didn't also, know that. in fairness to Barbosa, uh, I eat Granny Smiths pretty regularly, and they are real good. So I understand him. Want, um, I understand. They're yeah. good pie apples. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth like r- like tries to kill him, but is unsuccessful. And as she runs After out of his, what is it you plan to do next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As she, yeah, yeah, that's. As she, like, runs out of his quarter, she finds out the entire crew is, like, horrifying zombie skeletons. Including yeah. the monkey that Barbosa's had with him this whole time. Yeah, zombie monkey. Yeah. Zombie yeah. monkey. And, of course, yeah. the best line in possibly the whole franchise. You'd best oh. start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in You're one. You're in one. But, uh, but, yeah, no, first there's, like, a whole human Rube Goldberg machine of her getting like pinballed and tossed and swung around different parts of the ship and just constantly running into, Oh my God, another zombie until yeah. Finally she like, sort like, of doing their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to do their job and this crazy bitch is running into everybody screaming. Yeah. So un- until finally she just, uh, lands like smack in front of Barbosa when he says, says the famous line, and she freaks out, runs inside. He chugs like an entire bottle of wine just so we can see it like blood or gush down his rib. Yeah, pass through the the non-existent digestive tract. Yeah. Uh... You know, this kind of makes me wonder: Do their nighttime under the moon bodies continually rot, or? The second did they take the well, we this is proven at the end of the movie when Jack takes the coin and he's immediately just a completely rotted skeleton. I guess maybe it's taking them to the point that because we know that this happened a while back, so I'm guessing is maybe it's reverting them to what they would have naturally been decayed to at this point. Like maybe had they died when they took the gold. Like, am I making myself? I'm not sure. I don't know if it was that long ago. Well, I mean, also, but they're at but they're at sea though, so if they were pirates in the sea, oh right, they probably like, died a whole bunch under normal circumstances. Right. I mean, he shoots Intel later, and he's just like, "He shot me," which is a fair response. I mean, that's I'd say that's an understated response compared to most people. <laughs> uh, so. We talked about the crew meeting up. Uh, we cut ahead. So after the whole crew scene, they set off into uh, the sort of, I don't, Isla de Muerta, which is where, which is where Barbosa and his crew are headquartered in. Uh, we find out that while the compass can't point north, it can point to Isla de Muerta. So. So they just like use that to find it. And like they have to go through a storm. Uh, uh, Steven, you still there? Yeah. Uh, can you like pick up the slack a bit for me? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, where were we? The storm? Um. Thing. I'm trying. 
I, I remember like all of the scenes in this movie, but I think I forgot the order that they happen in. Uh, one sec. I know during the storm, um, Will asks Mr. Gibbs a few questions about Jack, and that's when yeah, kind of you know you get a little bit more of his backstory. This isn't when they do the um, telling. I believe that was in the bar back at Tortuga. Use hair from his back to yeah. Lash turtles together to escape a deserted island. Yeah, the sea turtle. Yeah. How, how did he get the rope? Hair. Human hair back. from my back. No, oh my god, no. Before, just before the, the storm scene when everyone was like agreeing and shouting I, side note, Mia tried to call I with them, but she can't really do words yet, so it was just, ah! <laughs> I mean, points for trying. Yeah. But no, yeah, during the storm is when we get the whole, uh, the hint at what the compass does, because uh, Will, who I guess has just decided he's going to hang out with Gibbs since he's the only guy that he really knows, and he doesn't, he's still learning how to pirate. Um, like an introvert at a party, you always just I laugh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Will's doing his best, I know that's doing all too well. But, uh, but yeah, Will asks him at one point, like, what are we doing trying to get there with a compass that doesn't work? And then Gibbs doesn't give us the full explanation. I don't think we get the full explanation of what it does until like two or three, I guess. I think it's three because it's, um, right. it's the douche from huh. uh, the East India Company that states out yeah, loud. Be- Beckett. 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 Oh, we go a while oh, on this series yeah, without having it stated like explicitly. Beckett the, Beckett the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, you're not wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. His right hand man assassinates Governor. Still not over it. No. Nope. Oh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, anyway, um, but yeah. So Gibbs kind of hints at it. He turns to Will and says, "No, the compass doesn't point north, but we're not trying to find north, are we?" And <laughs> Will like gives this understanding look, but you know internally he's just like, "I don't know what the fuck that means." What? I always picture the meme of the the lady with all the calculus equations over her face. Like, what? Right. <laughs> sure. But but yeah, so they get they get to the shore of the Isla de Muerta. Um, Jack says that he and Will are gonna. Or no, is this when it's when he takes Will, or does is this when he tries to leave Will and Will goes anyway? I keep forgetting which is which. I think, I think this is on purpose because this is when he's going to go talk to Barbosa to make the trade, isn't it? That's right. right yeah, this is when right. they're going to try to, to get Elizabeth. But yeah, um, but yeah, basically, like somewhere in there, in trying to convince Will to go along with his plan, he's like, "Have I ever given you reason not to trust me?" And it's just like, "Yes, very m- many times, in fact, you have." Have you ever given me reason to trust you, motherfucker? But um, but yeah, so they they sneak in to the cavern where uh, Barbosa and the crew are. Uh, we don't. I'm pretty sure we don't. We don't get a scene from their perspective showing the setup for this. So it's just them there with Elizabeth, like holding her hand over the chest as Barbosa gives. I don't even remember what all he's saying. Some some speech about like we find it's been. It's been however long, and we finally gathered it all up. <laughs> um, and now the curse is about to be broken. He looks Elizabeth dead in the eye and is like, do you know the first thing I'm going to do when the curse is broken? I'm going to eat a whole, whole bushel, bushel of apples. Of apples. 
like, all right, dude, you do you. Get on with your Granny Smith self. The irony when the curse is broken, he goes to eat a bunch of apples and then in his enthusiasm chokes and dies on a seed. <laughs> but but yeah, so it's it's he does that whole thing, cuts her hand like a little bit enough to like wring out a couple of drops of blood into the pile. And what I love here is that there's no like fanfare, no anything that sh- uh, that they're supposed to be expecting to happen. So they don't even know if the curse is broken. <laughs> How are we gonna find out? All right, I'm just gonna shoot one of my crew members. <laughs> yeah, they're they're sitting there talking about how. Okay, well, how do we find out? And in my head, I'm like, you guys remember it's still nighttime. Someone just go walk out into the light and see what happens. Well, and it's but, not uh, even that too. It's just the fact tail. that when I love the fact that when Barbosa does shoot Pintel, it's like just the eye roll that he does like for fuck's sake. Boom. And then the one dude's like, dude, I'm dead. (laughs) He's like, you're right, I'm not dead. You shot me. (laughs) Just the sassy eye roll, though. I just like the, oh, for God's sake. Boom. (laughs) I mean, he does sassy eye roll with the best of them. Let's let's at least do but yeah. to be honest, if that was but, your crew, though. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it's at this point, I think that, that Jack interrupts and, like, sneaks in, er, and, like, sneaks in. <laughs> and again, another, this, this movie has a lot of really good lines I'm remembering from having watched it now, because someone, like, stops him and is like, you're supposed to be dead. He goes, he looks down at his own chest and is like, am I not? Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, my bad. Yeah, the whole, you know, the, when he does the parlay, he's like, damn to the depths, whatever, me to come up with parlay. That would be the French. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, because um, you know, parlay is kind of, is kind of derived from the French verb parlay, which is to speak. So. Yeah. And also, you know, cheese eating surrender monkeys. Yes. Um, but yeah, yes, so, like um, it. they take, they take Jack prisoner to negotiate out back on the Pearl. Basically, he's trying to, I think, negotiate for Elizabeth to be let, to be let go. This is why they don't know that Will's, but Will's <laughs> there, right? Very poor choice of words. <laughs> um, no, that's, no, do they leave Elizabeth behind? No. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I remember now. In the midst of them, like, going into a little bit of, of an uproar and arresting Jack, Will sneaks out with Elizabeth and goes back to the Interceptor. That's what it is. That's how they get separated. Um, but yeah, so the it doesn't matter. The pirates lock Jack up in the brig uh, and start to sail off. The intercept- Will and Elizabeth get back to the Interceptor and, like, Semi have to convince the others to go rescue Jack. I don't know. At some point, they're shooting knives and forks at the at the pearl. Yeah, they had. Uh, they were attempting, and they decided that because they were heavy, the heaviest objects on board had to go over overboard into the sea. What's the heaviest? Oh, you know, cannons and cannonballs. So. They likely kept a lot of the powder magazine intact because it wouldn't weigh much. Gunpowder isn't heavy. And yeah. they 
of all the cannonballs. So they had to come up with improvised grape shot, which is the technical term for shoving forks and spoons in your cannons and shooting it at people. Yeah, I called it sea shotguns, but that works too. <laughs> Basically what grape shot is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get just a bunch of scenes with like, I mean, a sea battle. We get a sea battle. Somewhere in there, Rigetti gets like shot in the wooden eye with a spoon. Ooh. Like I know it's it was a spoon eye. It's fucking cool. And it's like, like he and Pintel just stop and like stare at each other for a second, as if both of them are registering what happened, and then look and then back out at the, the interceptor and just start shouting. It's like the fuck, dude. Pintel grabs the fork to pull it out, and it pulls the whole eye out with. <laughs> Yeah, that dude. That's that's another running gag throughout the series. That eye gets knocked out so many times. Rigetti cannot keep that thing in his head. He just he can't. Cannot. I'm surprised it's still spherical enough to fit in his head. I'm also surprised he hasn't gotten some sort of terrible infection. Now, to be fair, we also or don't at know least splinters. Movies, maybe he's getting, or maybe like between movies, no. maybe he's getting like new things. No, he definitely no, the third gets splinters. It. It's the same eye. Yeah, it's definitely the same gets splintered. He, talked about, he talks about how it splinters. Yeah, no, that's right. right yeah, yeah the quit rubbing it. It does splinter something terrible. Yeah, we'll quit rubbing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, okay. So at the over the course of this, it's pretty obvious that the interceptor is going to lose because, I mean, one ship in this fight has actual cannonballs to shoot. Find on death or death down. Um, so Will and Elizabeth go over to negotiate Jack's release. Will reveals to the to um to the pirates that he is the son of Bootstrap Bill and threatens to shoot himself and be lost to Davy Jones Locker. And I'm like, I mean, if he if he shoots himself, all they got to do is just go over there and wring a little bit of blood out of him. So unless he falls in the ocean. Then you gotta worry about putting sharks for it. <laughs> oh my god, a version of this where Barbosa has to fight a shark. It, but it has to look like the zombie versus shark fight in um, Zombie 2. Oh, oh my god. God. But, but so we, we don't get that. Instead, they decide to go the route that Will freely gives himself up as a prisoner on the condition that the pirates let Jack and Elizabeth go. But because he and Elizabeth are, I guess, both bad at negotiating, he does not specify what be, what them being let go means. Yep. And Barbosa strands them both on the island that they stranded Jack on like 10 years ago. Still with the gun. Yeah. Which we... This, I mean, they this could have had the courtesy to give him a second one. What? Yeah. Yeah. This is where we find out that uh, it's pirate tradition that if you're marooning a man on an island, you leave him a pistol with a single shot so that he eventually has the choice of shooting himself or starving to death, which... You'd likely die of dehydration before that became a problem. I mean... Or, or say, oh, this is a Disney movie? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is a Disney movie. But yeah, Jack asks for a pair of pistols, to which Barbosa says, no, it'll be one pistol, and you can be the gentleman and shoot the lady and starve to death yourself. And again, this is a Disney movie. Yeah. 
trying to figure out what happens next. Um, do is this when they get like abandoned on the island, or is there anything between yeah. that and now? No, they this the, the, the pearl takes the off. Island. Yeah, the pearl takes off. I don't really remember what happens to to the crew of the Let's Interceptor. Take a time kinda, to watch that man sail away with my ship. lose track of them for a while. Yeah. This is I, this is though when we find out that Jack did not rescue himself off the island. That's right, because this one the island an island used by did he say rum runners? Was that it? Yeah. Yep, rum runners. Okay, they okay. have a, a cash. He was basically the, lounging the on the, the beach island. drinking their stash. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Caribbean, love. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. But yeah, so it cuts to that night where Elizabeth has seemingly given up and decided to dance around the fire and have fun with Jack. Although, I feel like she's pretend... She's, I mean, she's probably buzzed to some degree, but I feel like she's acting more drunk than she is so that Definitely. Jack will keep drinking and pass out. Basically, Definitely. given what she does after he passes out. Yep, and you can see when he does pass out, the way she lowers the bottle, you can tell she has the air of being super drunk. Okay, okay, yeah. Right, she's pretending. But yeah, so Jack wakes up the next morning. We get the first use of a line that will pop up a bunch of times throughout the series because these guys do not know how to let a joke go. Uh, if we keep telling it eventually, it's got... It was funny the first time, so it will still be funny the tenth time and the thirtieth time. You know you're going to say it. Jack wakes up and he asks, why is the rum gone? <laughs> yeah. He's like really stressed out over the rum being gone. And he finds out that Elizabeth set, fi- set a huge fire to attract ships looking for them. And, and I love course- the fact that when he finds out what caused the fire, like when he finds out that she actually burned all the rum, if you look for a split second, he's actually contemplating using his one shot in the pistol on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point, Jack is going to have to confront his alcoholism. It's not now, but at some point, he's gonna have to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Elizabeth explains that since... That since she's the governor's daughter, they're probably they've probably been looking for her for days, and and it won't be long until they find her. And she's right; they find her. Yeah. And and this is where Elizabeth they they try to get Norrington to to go back to rescue Will, but they say no; he's a pirate now. Officially, he's made his choice. Yeah. Yeah. He's made his choice to cast his lot with pirates or whatever. Elizabeth says, please do it as a wedding present to me. And like that gets Norrington to agree. Because oh, yeah. he a quick one eighty on that one. Yeah, because I'm because clearly he seems to care more of, about the idea of being married to Elizabeth than he actually cares about Elizabeth. I've been waiting on you since you was twelve. You know how long that Ugh. <laughs> But, yeah, so Jack guides them back to the Isla de Muerta where, for for the second time in the movie, which the first time they were here is when my brain was starting to tell me, okay, this movie is probably wrapping up, and then I checked, and no, we had another hour left. 
movie's but, too fucking long. I have to admit, it it's really freaking long, but the third act doesn't feel as long as the first two. That is that fair. That is true. It, it uh, does yeah, stuff does start to happen a lot more quickly now. Um, oh, Jack- right. The other crew is, like, taken captive aboard that the Black it. Pearl. That was it. Okay. For the life of me, I could not remember how they got here. That's right. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so Jack sneaks back, or sneaks back in to the cave where they're doing the, not really a ritual, I mean, they're act, they're treating it like it's a whole ritual, but basically they're gonna cut Will, and this, this time Barbosa says they're not taking any chances, he's only half-turner, so they're gonna spill all his blood, and I'm like, okay, y'all gotta yeah, clean that up, though. Any more Turner... It's still only Are half. They? It's just a lot of it. I guess I don't know. quantity, not quality. Eh. But eh. I think they're just angry and they want to fucking kill this guy. I mean, they're pirates. They really don't need an excuse, but... I mean... Fair. Yeah. But this is where, this is where Jack sneaks in and I'm going to cover this scene twice because one... The version in the movie is kind of funny with uh, with Barbosa saying that's not possible and Jack going not probable. Not this is the first movie that we're covering that was in any of the Kingdom Hearts games, and as such, I'm also oh. like flashing back to how Kingdom Hearts covered the covered the the first movie because it basically tries to cram the entirety of Curse of the Black Pearl into about an hour and a half of game time. Uh, Donald steals Donald steals the line in this scene. When Barbosa says that's not possible, Donald in his terrible Donald Duck voice says, Not probable, we're alive and we're pirates. So I'm that is a that's a thing you guys know now. That fucking but I didn't wanna. God, the fucking Kingdom Hearts two version of Pirates of the Caribbean, where all of the characters are much more realistic than the anime slash Disney art style. I hate it so much. Oh boy. They, it, it didn't look as bad with Tron because everything was blue and glowing. But yeah, in the Pirates, they have, <coughs> for the time, realistically rendered humans next to a Disney, next to a, a dog and a duck and an anime boy. Realistic like Johnny Depp. Too many realities colliding. Yeah, so they get on. Doesn't like. Doesn't like Jack try to negotiate with the with them. He does, but I don't know how how much he even thinks that this is going to work, because as he's like telling them, "Hey, there, there's navy guys out there. Y'all should go attack them." He scoops up four pieces of gold. And then at the end of his little speech, when he's saying, go, go kill them all, he said, he drops the gold back in saying every chunk, last chunk, one chunk, no, uh, notably only dropping three back in. Mm-hmm. Some very clever sleight of hand. Yeah. It's. Yeah, like the ca- this one is telegraphed a little bit more. Obviously, the camera does a close up on, on his hand as he's like sliding it into the weird leather patch that he's been wearing as like a half glove. Yeah. Mm. Um 
but yeah, so the pirates go out to to fight the navy guys, but first, as a distraction, they send Pintel and Rigetti out in dresses. In drag. It's I don't I don't even know why. Funny men in dresses joke. Do you get it? Like, I, I genuinely do not get why they had to dress up for this. I just love how into it Rigetti gets. <laughs> That's fair. He's okay with it. Pintel, not so much. Rigetti, yeah, they end up blowing it when Rigetti points out that Pintel at least does look all right in a dress. And at first, uh, Pintel's like, oh, thanks. And then he's like, wait a minute. I'm a fan. <laughs> I do love the beaming smile his first reaction is, though. Like, oh, wait a I minute. Know. Those two are adorable together, and I shipped them. I just they need are. to ship on the record. <laughs> Steven! Oh, come on. You, one of us was gonna. You're I mean, I did kind of set you up for it. <laughs> See? But, um, but yeah, so the pirates sneak onto... Is it? I don't remember if it's the Dauntless or the Interceptor at this point. The Navy ship. And it's start the killing dudes. I don't think the Dauntless ever... Oh, no, the Interceptor blew up, so it has to be the Dauntless. That's right, okay. Because they set the powder magazine of the Interceptor (laughs) on fire trying to kill them. Yeah. But yeah, so this turns into, for the other pirates, until Pintel and Rigetti blow their job, this turns into, like, a Metal Gear Solid game for a minute with them, like, sneaking up onto the boat and, like, stabbing dudes and then keep sneaking back along. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but yeah, then Pintel and Rigetti like uh, start fighting in the moonlight, and everyone goes whoop. <laughs> Alert um, sound. Somewhere during all of this fight, um, Norrington gets the governor like basically locked in. I guess what would be like the captain's quarters or whatever. Uh, one of the zombie pirates like shoves his arm through trying to grab at him, and he knocks it off with, like, a candlestick or something and puts it in a drawer. We'll come back to that later. Then the rest of the scene inside the cavern happens, where Jack starts trying to fight Barbosa. Does it jump right into the fight, or is he still trying to talk? He's trying to talk for a little bit, I thought, and then... I think so. I can't remember who makes the first move. I I don't remember either. But eventually it goes from them talking to them fighting and they fight for a little while, then Barbosa gets, like, a lucky stab right in the middle of Jack's chest, and he stumbles back into some moonlight and becomes Jack Skellington. <laughs> yeah. And then he flips <laughs> the resist, his fingers, and you can hear it clank against the bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, for the time period, the CG on that, that, scene, that shot actually does look kind of good. It really oh, yeah. does. Not all the CG holds up perfectly, but it's really, really good for 2003. Right. Yeah, the Gus yeah. Pirates look all right in this. Um, uh, I do like how the... they managed to do like, the CGI skeletons, but still have it look like you know, like the actor, too. I think yeah. that's just kind yeah. of nice yeah. touch. As they Jack and Barbosa are like, sword fighting, they step in and out of the moonlight and go from skeleton to person and back. Skeleton fight! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, the, meanwhile, like, the Royal Navy guys are fighting off the, uh, pirates on the inner, on, on the, de- fuck, I forgot the name, the, the Dauntless. Dauntless, I was gonna say Devastator, 
Um, oh, that's also good. Name for a ship, though. Uh, the Devastator. Uh, somewhere in there, Will and Elizabeth, uh, or might or might be just Elizabeth. I think it is just Elizabeth. Uh, bust all of the all of Jack's crew out of uh, Black Pearl Jail. And they take over the ship, and fucking <laughs> it's um they refuse to help Elizabeth go rescue Jack because of the code. He he anyone who falls behind is left behind. And we get our third instance of bloody pirates. Yeah, this one I actually really like. Yeah, because yeah, as Elizabeth take takes a lifeboat and is going back into the cavern to try and help out, uh, the the crew decides they're just going to leave with the black pearl. At some point, Pintel and Rigetti notice, and Rigetti just shouts, "Bloody pirates!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, the rule of threes. You've come at last. Um, I don't really remember how most of the scene winds down, aside from the thing with Jack and Barbosa. Yeah, so I think they are able to eventually, like, fight off all the pirates, knock them into the ocean. And spe- actually, a big part of this, like, this, like, whole fight sequence is that... Uh, Jack finally fires off his shot, and Barbosa's like, "Why did you waste the shot on me? I'm immortal. You you missed too." And then he re- reveals that he actually shot. Uh, what did he shoot? He no, he did shoot Barbosa, but as he did, he tossed the gold coin that he had taken off, off screen. And yeah, Will reveals that. Uh, he has cut his hand and gotten both of their blood on the two gold coins, and he drops it into the chest. And officially breaking the curse. And this is when, which again, actually really, the scene, the shot itself looks really good of like Barbosa kind of starting to go pale and like the blood just slowly spreading from the bullet wound. I feel cold. And he passes And then just, boop, collapses. Dropping his precious Granny Smith apple in the process. Oh yeah, that's right. He's he drops like a dramatic apple drop. Like he, he drops an apple as he dies. It was a everyone drop. should have a dramatic apple drop. But forget Mike drop. Barbosa has the apple drop. <laughs> but yeah, so back outside, um, one of the Navy guys manages to get a lucky shot on one of the ghost pirates, and he dies. So the ghost pirates realize, wait, we're not ghosts anymore. And, and they pretty much immediately surrender. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh crap. We <laughs> oh, we can die? Right. I'm out. And yeah. so as the Navy guys are partying, it cuts back inside the captain's quarters where Governor, uh, Governor Swan opens that drawer up again. We do not see what he saw in there, but it's enough that he just goes, ugh, and like immediately <laughs> closes the drawer again. I think all we needed to see was his facial expression and that get like slight gag he gives and then he oh yeah his, oh yeah his reaction is, is very good very well done um i'm sure there's some wind down from this but i kind of just yeah. remember it cutting over to the next day yeah or i guess probably yeah so later. like after they after they do it uh jack is like celebrating with all the loot he now has ah, that's right but then the royal navy shows up and it's a hard cut. Oh, also, I think Will and 
Yeah. So it's a hard. They like take a boat back to the back to the uh, cave, or back to the ship, and like it is a fucking hard cut to back at the gallows yeah, awaiting his execution. Great match cut too, because he's got the same disappointed head tilt in the dinghy with the crown on his head as he does on the friggin' gallows staring down literal <laughs> death. He's not mad. He's just disappointed. Just disappointed. But, yeah. um, Will comes in to save the day by doing a thing that he did earlier in the movie where he fucking sniper-tossed uh, a sword into a door to stop Will from leaving. This time he, or to stop Jack from leaving. Uh, in their fight at the beginning of the movie. This time he does it so that Jack can, like, stand on it when they drop it. Yeah. And he's dressed like a musketeer for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, he really is. I guess this is a disguise? I don't don't know if it's supposed to be a disguise, or if he woke up and was like, okay, I got it dressed like a pirate. I have to be the pimpest I can possibly. Today is the day. Pimp my pirate. But I just, I just wish that one thing we saw more in the series of was Will fucking tossing swords across battlefields, dude. Right? He's got impeccable aim with thrown weapons uh, that aren't meant to be thrown. I mean, duh, he's motherfucking Legolas. I mean, I mean, valid. Fair. But I just, I would love if in the middle of like one of the bigger, crazier fights in the middle of like Pirates two or three, we just from across the way. Just see a sword fly in and knock a guy over. If they are intending to go ahead with the next, if if Orlando Bloom shows up, that has to be the way he's introduced. Just a sword yes. comes in from off screen, skewers a pirate, and then he shows I up. I concur. I want another pirates movie. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that. I still haven't seen the last one. I still haven't either. I haven't Me seen either. all of the third one, and I haven't seen any of the fourth one. I've seen everything. I've seen all of the first four, but I did not see number five. If I get done packing or enough of my packing stuff tomorrow, I might have to go back and just watch some of the other ones just for fun. Because I think they're all, or at least most, or at least the first three, I think, are on Disney Plus, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the first one is, but the first three, number five, they don't have number four. They don't have number four. Mermaids, and everyone tries to forget that. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I probably won't won't be missing much with that one. (laughs) It was loosely based on a book that was much better than that movie was. As most things loosely based on a book are. Yeah, well. True. But yeah, you'll ever get a chance to read On Stranger Tides. It was pretty decent. It was pretty good. Okay. Uh, Anyway, we're almost there, guys. We've almost made it through the movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We find out that Will had an arc in this movie. Yeah. He confesses what? his love to uh, Elizabeth. Uh, he and Jack try to escape, but are like surrounded at the last minute. Yeah, the governor's like, "Are you sure he's a pirate?" And Will's like, "And a good man." And then yeah. Norrington tells him to know your place. It's right here between you and Jack. And I've <laughs> never thought like, that Orlando Bloom wanted to bang a pirate more than he did. Right. <laughs> And then Elizabeth also jumps in. It's very much, this is my boyfriend, Will, and his boyfriend, Jack. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the feeling. I- because, cause yeah, Elizabeth also jumps in like, so is mine. And it's like, okay. 
<laughs> I still call yeah. dibs on some of this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Jack like leaps into the water and he finds no, out all... Oh. Yeah, what? he's, he's up in the same place where Elizabeth fell oh. from. Yeah. yeah. He... I didn't realize it was the same place. It is. Yeah, it's the same. He he stumbles over his own two feet at like the same spot and falls over. Mm-hmm. Um and sees I don't know, a ship. He sees a ship with a uh, wait no a crap, crew it's from... <laughs> yeah it's the black pearl with the crew from before they've commandeered it. Oh, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, so he swims over. They give him a new triangle hat, and Jack's fun bit of trivia. And... <clears throat> yeah, uh, fun bit of trivia uh, about the, his hat. He lost ten leather hats during God. filming. Jesus. To the point that the costumers had to manufacture a replica hat of rubber. So the hat that you see <laughs> through the majority of the film is a rubber pirate hat. So that <laughs> when Johnny Depp threw the motherfucker in the, in the ocean, it would float. And they wouldn't have to ma- make another, make and then weather another leather tricorder hat. So what you're right. saying is there's God. about ten dolphins that are swimming around with very dapper <gasps> hats on. Oh my god, pirate dolphins. Memorabilia on yes, the you know ocean it. floor near St. Vincent. Also that. <laughs> but but yeah, so Jack's scene in the movie ends with him like finally behind the wheel of the Black Pearl saying, Bring me that horizon. Yeah. And then oh, well, yeah. Elizabeth and, have a and then another yeah. random thought that I thought was kind of cool that I found out uh, while I was looking for trivia for this. Um, are any of you fans of the band Bring Me the Horizon? No, I did not know them. I love their. I love that band. They did a like happy song and all that, but they actually got their name from that line in the movie. Okay, that makes Moist. sense. I just thought that was kind of cool because I love that band. Right. Okay. But um. But yeah. So back at the back at the port, um. I guess the governor just pardons Will. I they guess don't him. they like give. Sort of give they decide to give Jack a head start. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nor- they're like, Commodore Norrington, what should we do? Um, the go- governor Swan said something about it's always hard to know what the right thing to do is. In some cases, piracy itself can be the right course of action. And it- I don't understand that because they're not becoming pirates. So No, but they're kind of uh, softening to it. And I think that was may have been intended arc for the Norrington character. I guess. Yeah, I don't not- know. He's not trying to hang everybody now. So, you know, <laughs> just a like one. Progress? Just a little one. hanging. Just a it's little one. Either way, they decide to give Jack uh, a single day's head start. And I would love if instead of a bunch of other ridiculous movies, this had instead spawned a TV show that's just Jack and Norrington getting into shenanigans, chasing after each other every week. Yes. Always one port ahead or, or you know, just always barely getting by. Yeah. I'm like not a big it... fan of well, uh, that's fair. Disney TV shows based on movies. That's fair. It probably wouldn't yeah. have been very good, but... Well, it's also, can you imagine how expensive it would have... Well, because then you have to think of how expensive it would have been to actually get 
Johnny Depp to be a recurring TV character, and then oh, it one hundred percent would have been animated, him, and then it wouldn't be the same. Oh no, it it one hundred percent would have been animated. Oh yeah, well, they'd get a sound alike. They'd get uh, oh, what's his name? But still, getting a big name like that for voice acting can be ridiculous. They would get like I don't know. I don't think they'd get Johnny Depp. They'd get like Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> but then it would be like, but then it's like, what's the point? Because it's not, it's not Jack Sparrow. Then what's the point? Yeah. Cash grab, like most other cartoons, right? Not the same. 2010s to 1970s, 1960s. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. One last, one last thing before we get into questions. Did y'all watch the post-credit scene? I did. Where yeah. the monkey takes the coin, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the monkey takes a coin and becomes a horrifying zombie monkey again. Again. Yeah. Monkeys and, and are they, kind of freaky enough as it is. And I do love that like they they never make him break the curse on himself and no one else gets any more gold. So they keep the zombie monkey as a zombie throughout like the whole rest of this series now. Doesn't he it. show up in Calypso's cabin? Yeah. I think so. A couple I remember there being one scene where I think Jack is trying to barter with someone and they're like, What have you got to offer me? And he pulls up the monkey in like a cage and shoots it and says, There, a monkey that can't die. Yeah, it, that's the <laughs> second one where he's talking with Calypso. He, she's asking him what he's brought. And he holds up Jack the monkey in the cage. Okay, okay, there we go. It's like, There, undead monkey. Can't beat that. <laughs> Which, fair. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. It's better than just the paw. Yeah, so. Yeah, right. This one's, this one's slightly less likely to kill you. Only slightly, though. Slightly counts. Definitely um, less likely to make you kill yourself. But exactly. <laughs> okay, though. Um, um, Sean, head on over if you're not already to Mickey's mailbag. That's where the questions are that we're about to be answering. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I gotta gently. This is why we announced the movies early because then our yeah we always post the movies early that we're going to be doing for the next week because then our Listeners can like actually put in like questions and stuff that we answer at the end, and we've got some we've got some pretty good ones this time, guys. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh, give me a second. I'd say I've already got them pulled up. If you guys want me to start or whatever. Okay. Um. Actually, yeah. Just one sec. I'll be right back too. Alrighty. And we're back. Yeah. Uh, what? But I wanted to be Mozart. Uh, well, you still can. I'm only Bach. Fair enough. Okay. All right. You ready for questions? Yep. All right. So first one we've got from Deep Sea is what do you? Oh all no! Think above that, there's one from Casey. Oh, is there one? Oh, wait. Yeah, oh, here we go. That's right. Oh, that's right. The group one. I, I'm sorry. I saw that a minute ago and I thought it was blurred in the Million Dollar Duck. Uh, sorry, from Casey. It is, what is the name of our, so all of us, of our collective pirate ship and what does each of us do? Hmm. I kind of hope that we go with the Devastator from a minute, from a little bit ago. That was pretty Second Pretty neat. Because that's pretty dope. Yeah. I concur. Uh, as far as what we would all do, I vote that I am not on navigation because I get lost too easily on land. Yeah, no. 
I'm either first mate or navigator because I feel like I'm the only one who's able to like keep us on track sometimes. That yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's extremely accurate. <laughs> um, I feel like I'd either be like a bookkeeper or a master at arms, something that is the least piratey seeming of all the piratey things. He would also be the bard. He would be the shit's bard. Oh yes, because he plays guitar and ukulele. Oh, there you go. And bass. That's right. I would be the chef. I'd be the, sh- the ship's cook. Okay. Ah. Uh... Because I actually do like cooking and I've gotten decent. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm like amazing at it, but I can I can make some tasty stuff. <laughs> I get distracted, but I could probably make a decent lookout. <laughs> Stephen would be up in this one. Like, ahoy to the left. What do you see? Land? No, something shiny. <laughs> I thought I saw a pot of dolphins. It was cool. <laughs> Guys, look over there. Look over there. Look over there. Flying you joke. You joke, but I'd do that. Dolphins, ahoy! <laughs> I'm still the person. I will be driving down the road with nobody else in the car with me, and I will look out the window and go, horsies! I did the same thing for I mean, cows. Yeah. Everybody does the same thing for cows. Yeah, driving along. <laughs> I'm in, I, I drive a work van, so driving along, I'm desolate stretch of road. Ooh, cows! Yeah, there you go. Dude, I was riding in the car with Sean one time, like, years ago, when we were hanging out, and I broke off in mid-sentence to go, oh my god, there's chickens in that person's yard. Now tell them why you said that. Because I'd never seen chickens in someone's yard before. Valid. Exactly. So what did we learn? Apparently people in North Carolina keep chickens in their yard. That's why they're called yard birds. I thought it was cool. Ha. Huh. <laughs> All right. So. D- yeah, okay, Deep Sea's question. Now to Deep Sea, what do y'all think? Uh, and we briefly touched on this a little bit. Um, what do we think of the removal of the brothel slash sex slave scene from the ride? Eh. Um, I don't think it really affects anything directly, but I'm not a fan of censorship. Although I am a fan of appropriate representation, so if they can bring it back, you know, in in a I, tasteful way, I think that'd be good. I'd rather not have sex slaves in my fun Disney ride. That's I mean, all I'm gonna say. You've been through the Small World ride, so right. I have not been to Disneyland in a very long time, so I have no statement on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I mean. Yeah. They've they've changed the ride a bunch already. I can I can live without it. It's whatever. I, don't I know, definitely I don't think it's that negative. Perfect. I think it was subtle enough that it was like for kids, it's like, oh, ha ha, that's funny. He's chasing somebody, and adults are like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's uncomfortable. Huh. But uh, let me see. Next up, we have uh, one from Captain Moomin, who asks, who is your favorite secondary character in this movie and the sequels. And when I was a kid, my favorite character was always Will. I think just because he's nice. Well, but he said secondary, though, so not one of the main characters. She. Um, but yeah, no, she, she said sorry. she said secondary. I forget who the secondary characters end up being as the series goes on, because I think my favorite overall is I think my favorite overall is Barbosa, but he ends up becoming part of the main cast. Yeah, I, I would I say for me it's, it's probably Rigetti. 
I've never I watched love, the yeah. sequels. Yeah, I've never watched the sequels, but I'd probably put it for Rigetti, maybe. Yeah. I if I had to pick one that was in all of them, it would be Rigetti. If I had to pick one that just shows up briefly, I actually would pick Calypso. I thought she was a really, really cool character. Plus, my cat's that name is Calypso. Cool. Uh, there you go. We do, I think, I, th- I feel like I remember there being some decent comedy between Jack, the Monkey Jack, and Cotton's Parrot a few times. Yeah. So that's A little fine. bit of animal sidekick rivalry. I think I'd have to go with Cotton's Parrot just because of how, like, as they brought it up at the beginning, it's they taught him how, he taught him how to speak, but nobody knows how. And somehow, so not they, Cotton, and, and somehow Cotton it's not Parrot. So, well, but yeah, <laughs> Cotton's Parrot. I like the Parrot. And it's funny because... It's not like, you know, okay, at first it's like, okay, yeah, the parrot's just squawking out phrases, and everyone's like, oh, he means this, but it's like, he really does use specific phrases for certain yeah. things. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that yeah. is kind of neat that they were uh, consistent enough about it to make it a thing. And then it kind of um, goes into, you know, in. Fridge Horror in the second one, where all the bird is going is, rah, don't eat me, rah, don't eat me. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Um, right and when they're Cotton pulling up to, to the Ilo de Muerta. Uh, in the, I, I guess it's the Dauntless. It's whatever ship that the whole crew is on. When they knock over the mast and you get the shot of all the hammerheads swimming around, and then the bird is singing, Dead Man Tail No Tail. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, good. animal sidekicks are good. Uh... Okay, next we have two questions from Flutterdark. Which the the first one, if you were under the if you were under the curse, what would you do first? I'm assuming this means when the curse is broken. What's the first thing we would do? Uh, I, actually, no. I, uh, I I kind of took it to mean is what like if okay if we were under the curse and therefore we knew we couldn't die, what would we do? That's how I took it. Oh, okay. yeah, I got to pirate my little black heart out. Okay, I would probably at some point test my ability to pull my bones back together. Like, like if I if I go out and jump off of something high in the moonlight and like scatter, you and would. I pull myself back together. Or do I have to wait for someone to reassemble me? I'd be curious. I would have to find out. I would be. I would. I would think that you could. I think you could pull yourself back together because you remember, and it's a funny scene, but remember the thing with uh, Governor Swan like fighting the severed arm in the thing. That's true. The bones have they have autonomous movement, so it's like now is that the bone moving on its own, or like wouldn't you think that they would want to gravitate back towards themselves? I don't know if it's so much gravitating back as like the the arm still going, still being able to be like remotely controlled, kind of. That's what, well. That's what I meant. So, uh, well, that's what we would be testing for you. Okay, so yeah, I guess I'd just become buggy from um from One Piece. Oh my God, Captain <laughs> Buggy. <laughs> uh, I think I would kind of do the same thing as Steven. I would do the things that, like, I at the moment hesitate to do because, like, for example, my run-in with rollerblading a couple years ago and turning my arm into a zigzag. I would be going back and doing this. Yeah, I, exactly. There you go. I would th- I would rollerblade without fear of turning my arms into zigzags again. That's what I would do. I would rollerblade. I don't know. I I don't fucking I don't really know. I got no answer for this. Maybe just yeah. 
it's kind of a it can be introspective. Dan would use his ability to pop his arm off and slap off and slap us both for going off track so much. And That's how it he would, would continue keep, to Dan be hilarious. Dan would use his power to keep the podcast on track by just popping his limbs off and sending them to where the rest of us are and smacking us every time we go off topic. Dan, work. <laughs> uh, let me see. Flutter Dark, second question, though. Since a lot of Barbosa's goal was just to undo the curse, how do you think he could have accomplished it without dying immediately? I'm going to say being nice. Not including like, Jack in any part of it? Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, keeping a better eye on Jack. Um, if instead but, of trying to mute, to uh, uh, maroon him again, he could have just killed Jack. Yeah. Cut, a, you know, cut his throat, throw him into the ocean. You don't have to worry about him coming back. Yeah, He's no longer it, your captain. There's no it, rules that you're following to, to maroon him on the island. In a bigger sense, go find whoever it is that has all of your gold pieces and just just ask. Be like, hey, we're sort of cursed to be skeletons at night because of this gold. Can I have it back so we can break that curse instead of going out and killing a bunch of people? Because that's how you get people wanting revenge. Yeah, just just be nice, pirates. I don't know. One of the things I would wonder is they never like flat out stated like how fresh the blood had to be. So I'm just like, if they're already attacking the town, I mean, if they have to attack the town because pirates, what's to stop them from finding who they need, like causing an injury, like taking some of the blood back with them? That way they're not taking back a hostage and that way they're not being pursued. Just take some of the blood back and see if that breaks it because they never specify how fresh the blood has to be. Just a handkerchief covered in blood. Right, and that way you don't have your hostage, so you don't have an entire fleet coming after you because you've got a person, you've just got their blood. That's all you need. Just just a little bit of your blood. That's all I need. Come on. Come Please, on. Dad, I can I have a extra. cup of blood? Like, the movie proved it is enough to just, like, cut your palm and get a few drops. So, yeah, whenever, whenever you're getting it from someone whose blood you need, which I think it's supposed to just be the crew aside from Will, like, prick their, prick their thumb and kind of, like, smear a little bit on it. Right. I mean, that's all they all did is they each nicked their hands, dropped the uh, dropped the piece in there, and then if you need the extra blood, just, you know, get like a handkerchief or something. Boom. You just treat it like the markers from the John Wick brand. Right. All right. We got a couple more here. Um, another yeah. one from Captain Moomin is... Uh, are there lines from this movie you think of all the time unprompted? Because whenever I'm cold, as in Captain Moomin, I think of Barbosa saying, I feel cold. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, mine is, it, but why is the rum gone? Yeah, that I does have, sound like I had managed to forget about it before now, but Will saying I have asked does pretty much live rent-free in my head now. <laughs> I as it have never watched these movies before, so I can't say. Fair. Uh, I'd say but... I have recently. I would say my uh, like it was one of the times I was getting ready to clock out for work. Not necessarily at this job, but like at any job where I had to like clock out with the phone. And I was getting ready to clock out at one point, and like I had that split second call come in, like right as I was hanging up the phone, and I looked at my phone and went, "You cheated." <laughs> <laughs> But um, aside from aside from the will I have asked thing, uh, when those two pirate dudes Twig and I'm actually know the other guy's name. One of them called Kohler. Do what? 
Kohler, I think. The black. Are you talking about the Col- black one that did the whole "You know nothing of hell"? Yeah, that dude. It's Kohler. Okay, I didn't know he had a name. Anyway, Twig and Kohler, when they came into uh, the prison where Jack was, Twig shouts, "This ain't the armory," and that one will <laughs> just every now and then just resound in my head and remind me that certain places ain't the armory. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, final question is from Casey. Uh, She asked, what specific worldly pleasure would you be most sad to lose because of the cursed gold? And then she does mention specific in the way that Barbosa was said he couldn't eat apples. So that level of specificity. That level of specificness. I am assuming that sleep also wasn't very fulfilling to them, so I would miss naps. Yeah. (laughs) Naps are pretty, pretty wonderful. I gotta um, say, I would dread the, I would absolutely dread losing my sense of taste. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, mine's a little bit dull anyway because I don't have much of a sense of smell. But the stuff that I, uh, but like the stronger flavors that I can taste, I know I don't want to lose. I would say the being mm. cold, just because like I do get cold really, really easy, and I, but I like that because I'm able to bundle up in blankets and get warm. So to be, I think, constantly cold, like that bone chilling cold, I would be. I would say probably either taking a shower or a hot bowl of ramen. Yeah? Ooh, oh. Because either one of those, you've got to be there for the sensation. It's not just the act of cleaning yourself. It's the warmth of the water. It's the, you know, it's it's the thing. You, you get rejuvenated when you shower. It's the, well, it's the feeling of comfort, too. Yeah. 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 I think that about wraps it up. It yeah, that was that was the last we had for questions. Uh so yeah, Yeah, that was the last one. Uh next time next up uh is gonna be is Dan, your pick. Yeah, so we're gonna try to get this one out in time for the holiday, in time for Christmas, so I actually have been thinking about this and I wanted to ask you and have you been naughty or nice? Oh no. Oh god. Well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna have your answer and I'm gonna decide from there. Define nice? I think I've been nice. Well I haven't murdered anyone yet, so I'm probably <laughs> Okay, well, nice if we're, okay, well if that's the benchmark, then I think we've all been nice. Alright. If you've all been nice, I'm going to not subject you to the Santa Claus. Instead, we'll watch Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Oh, no, I like that one. (laughs) I like that one. Yeah. Okay, Okay. so, yeah, that'll be what we're watching next week. Or next, yeah, whatever we record. Yeah, the well, next for us, one. it's next week because, yeah, we're recording on the 17th because on the 18th, I'm out of town and we're all doing our thing for the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, we um, did promise that since we're recording so close together, we'll go ahead and uh, make the announcement in the Discord that that is the pick. Yeah, Casey was masking about that this morning, actually, and I told her we would. Or I told her that was the plan anyway to let them all know the movie once we were yeah. done recording. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I'm just going to do the app now. Yeah, go ahead uh, and do it now. Oh, there you go. We... 
All right. With that out of the way, uh, let's see. Oh, my. Beautiful. Uh, let's, I think it's time me. for. I, had to I bring think that it's one time for plugs. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Sean, since you are the guest, uh, are you anywhere online? <laughs> I am numerous places online, although I am very uninteresting. Um, He's lying. You can find me on Instagram, and I gotta pull up my own Instagram because I can't even remember my friggin' screen name. At Sean of the Dead nine one zero. And that's S E A N because I spell it correctly. Okay. And <laughs> you spell it the and, same way uh, my brother does, so I guess so. Excellent. Then he spells it correctly too. Um, I'm on Twitter and the others, but I don't. I don't have there, so it would kind of be pointless. <laughs> but thank you all for having me. It's been uh, it's been a ton of fun. Right. <laughs> you are uh, welcome. All right. Steven? Yes, I am Steven. I am on Twitter at uh, Marshmallow. It's spelled like Marshmallow, but with my name in it. Aside from that, the only other thing I really have going is my joke Twitter at Dad underscore Tastic, where I post a dad joke every day. And I have got a little over an hour to get today's in. You can do it. Yeah, I always end up forgetting during the day and getting it in like after dinner. All right. Uh, Kat, are you anywhere currently? Um, I Not really. I tend to lurk mostly around random Discord servers under the name Zura. So you might see me pop up on mostly like Norse or Pagan Discords. And if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Then quit. No use being a damn fool about it. <laughs> <laughs> waste a little uh, time, but don't waste a lot. Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find the other podcasts I'm on, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We're going through Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Uh, we very recently had an episode where Ix at Ixnay was on, uh, Six Feet Under host. Very fun to be around. Uh, you can listen to the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast they do with uh, uh, Morgan Devon. You can listen to Strangers Fiction, an actual pe- play podcast I do with I, I do occasionally, or I'm on occasionally. It's an actual play podcast focused on one-shots of indie RPGs. The most recent episode is an episode of Final Bid, uh, where uh, some of my friends, including uh, Question Asker Casey, uh, were did, did, created a uh, art house spy thriller. Oh, neat. Nice. That sounds rad. And last but not least is at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Happy, happy Hanukkah, Xbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that started yeah, so that yesterday? Thursday. Thursday. You're right. It's Saturday now. Dang. Yeah, it started. Yeah. I had to think for a minute, too. Don't worry. Uh, so, with 
that in mind, I think uh, we are Di- Disney Minus. You can find uh, where can we be found? Spotify, uh, I know. We yeah, we're on Spotify, Spotify um, Apple. We're on the oh, Pocket app. We we're on the Pocket Cast app. That's where I found us first. Yeah, uh, uh, Podcast Addict. Uh, on Twitter at, at Disney Minus Pod. From there, you can also join our Discord server, where you can send in questions for whatever movies we're talking about. And yeah, I think that's everything. Yar. Yarp. <laughs> um, I don't know. Really bad eggs. Yo ho. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I'm not going to have anything better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>